Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't get away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, an ensemble of one, it's Arturo Zurita. Oh, man. Dealing with all of the actors, best actresses, again, it's just further proof that there wasn't enough movies in 2020, you and I. Spent a podcast worth just discussing what was going to make it on this little list just to discuss what the top actors and actresses are for this year. So, again, further proof, 2020 wasn't that bad, especially because most of these movies are are available at home. So, yeah, it it definitely means there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. We, as you said, we spent a lot of time just trying to figure out what we even (laughs) wanted to talk about on this podcast. Uh, So in a little bit, we will get to those leading performances, supporting performances, and the Oscar (laughs) odds. But first, make sure you subscribe to the Intercut Podcast. The video podcast is available on youtube.com slash intercutpod, and the audio podcast is available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at Intercut Pod. That's at Intercut P-O-D. That's short for podcast. And be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. A five-star review on Apple Podcast makes me happier than a movie with a 90-minute runtime. Isn't it great when those like 90-minute runtimes come up? You know, like I'm going to be in and out in an hour, hour and a half. Perfect. It's beautiful. Art. The Oscars are less than two months away, and the Oscar nominations are even closer than that. Last week, we take a, we took a look at the Oscars shortlists for Best Documentary and Best International Films in order to talk about our favorite documentaries and foreign films from 2020. This week, we're turning our attention to the performances, the actors, lead, supporting, male, female, whatever. We are looking at the actors who really moved us, who really did a lot for their movies in 2020. There are a lot of great performances out there. So what we're going to try and do is together come up with what the top five in each category should be and then compare our top fives to the ones that are most likely going to be nominated for Oscars. So in order to do that, there's a lot of performances to go through. Should we start out with the ladies and go with best actress first? For sure. You're doing supporting. We're doing lead. Uh, Let's go with lead. Let's start it off with a big one. Damn, right off the bat. All right, let's go. Okay, so here are some of the performances that we have on our lists. Sophia Loren from The Life Ahead. I, I don't know if you ever caught up with this one, but I, I thought she was really good in this one. You know, a nice return from an iconic actress, but ultimately not one that I'm thinking is going to be in either of our top fives. Uh, I like her documentary, the documentary short that she had on Netflix that actually made yeah. the short list for best live doc short. Yeah. So at least that one's getting the recognition, but I don't know exactly. if she's going to score the spot for one of the five. Yeah, probably not. Uh, another person who's probably not even in the running, but someone that we thought uh, gave her a really interesting performance is Andrea Riseborough in Possessor. Oh, uh, you know that, that's a very strange movie from Brand uh, from Brandon Cronenberg or wait, mm-hmm. yeah, Brandon Cronenberg. And you know she's got to do some weird stuff in that movie, but I think she's an actress who really sells it. Um, you know, I think it's almost hard to notice her performance under all the layers of aesthetic in that movie, but mm-hmm. it's really solid. Yeah, no, that that one's a uh, one that I have in my top fifteen. Mm-hmm. I really like her performance in that movie, and honestly, like she's always kills it in the Sundance movies that she's in. Mm-hmm. 
she tends to also do like two a year. You know, she was Mandy in Mandy as well. Um, but no, yeah, this one's in my top 15. I hope more people get the chance to check it out. It's on Hulu, so hopefully people are. But yeah, I don't totally. think this is one that's going to make the cut for the Oscars <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, another one from Sundance that we liked a lot is Evan Rachel Wood in Kajillionaire. She mm-hmm. gives a really interesting performance here. Actually, this is one that is is pretty high up there in terms of my personal, although it does uh, personal top rankings for best performances of the year it's not in my top five but i really like the choices she's making here it's the kind of like big broad choice of character that i don't know if we see enough from our our actresses yeah no i liked it and i think there's a lot of subtlety to it i think a lot of people focus on the goofiness of the movie and you know how quirky it it comes off but uh one of the best parts about it is that that's i haven't had the chance to catch it again since we Mm -hmm. saw it at sundance i've listened to some interviews but just a whole like the way it tackles family and i think the particular role that she plays in being the daughter and how she was raised i think she plays all those nuances very well and i think to a lot of people maybe the tone of the movie overshadows a lot of what's going on there but i think there's a lot of there's a lot of meat in there that while i think we've discussed it is it a comedy is it a drama is it a crime thriller heist type of movie and i think that it's that entire amalgamation and how she's able to perform within all of those genres as the movie swaps around that makes it a that makes it a standout. Another one that's in my top fifteen for sure. Totally, uh, there are a few performances that I know you were a fan of that you wanted to include here as well, including mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike in "I Care a Lot." Look, <laughs> she made you hate her a lot. That I know you haven't caught this one yet, and I've been saying, Zach, you need to go get it because if there's mm-hmm. one movie that has conflicted people so much recently, it has been this one. Um, I know. If there's one thing Rosamund Pike knows how to do well is play uh, play that character that people are just gonna like look at the screen and obviously be scared for the lives gone girl it, it become mm-hmm. iconic at this point yeah and this people is the that's the performance it. that a lot of people seem to be comparing this one to is hers in gone girl which is a great performance yeah you can't say it's not fair enough considering the characters and considering it's played by the same uh by the same actress but uh there's been a lot of comparisons also to wolf of wall street and i think one of the differences is is if you know the premise of the movie, you know, in Wolf of Wall Street, you don't see the people he's screwing over. It's, you know, they're on the other side of the phone. It's it's really us <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. It's elderly people. So, like, people just cannot look past that part. Um, yeah. I am also a person who thinks that her performance is way better than the script. Uh, I wish the script was strong as as strong as what all of the actors in the movie bring to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, nonetheless, as much as I hate so much in the movie. I re- Did you see Radioactive? Yeah. I didn't see radio. Did you see a private war? I didn't see. Nobody sees when she's playing like the good person. They all want to see her play this bad character, and I think that uh, she's great at it. So I think she's going to continue it. Think think of it like um, Robert De Niro, right? He's played Mm -hmm. he's played a mob guy in so many movies, but they're different, you know. And some are better than others. That's what we're going to be seeing uh, with her. This may have been the one that a lot of people may not have jived with the most, considering how bad her character is. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to have a lot of other ones in the future. We may even get a better Amy Dunn in the future. That's that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and that's the thing about some of these performances. Like, you have to sometimes pick them apart from the movie that they're in. Oh, it's difficult, though. <laughs> it, it can be difficult. It really influences uh, how you that's feel how about the stuff. That's how good she is. 
yeah, but that's the thing. Is sometimes a great performer can transcend a bad movie. I would throw Andra Day from the United States versus Billie mm. Holiday into that category as well because I thought she was pretty remarkable as Billie Holiday in this movie. Uh, there's some likenesses there, but there, there's just a really emotive and, and full performance that does not justify the messy Lee Daniels movie that surrounds it. I mean, that kind of is Lee Daniels' signature at this point, is giving you powerhouse performances and really messy productions. But yeah, I, I did not really enjoy uh, the new Hulu movie. Hulu, yeah. But it, I thought her performance was easily the best part of it. So she's on my long list, but not one that I'm putting in my top five either. Yeah, uh, another one that I know you had on your long list was Sarah Bulger from A Good Woman is Hard to Find. Oh, my goodness. I know Carrie Mulligan is going to be another one that we mentioned earlier, but there has been those three movies between I Care A Lot, Promising Young Woman. If you hated those two, some people would <laughs> recommend The Assistant. And I know we'll talk about her in a bit. But y'all are missing out on a good woman. It's hard to find. This movie seems hard to find, but it is on Shutter. This is one that came mm. out. Uh, I want to say it played at some of the festivals, like including South by, if I'm not mistaken. And this is that movie, man. Like th mm. this is one that I think audiences would have loved a lot more. As conflicted as we are with the two that I just mentioned, this one's on Shutter. Give it a watch because she, not only does she kill it in her role. It's not getting the recognition that it deserves. I think that the way that the script is written, the way that it's shot, it's shot beautifully as well. The movie overall, not just her performance, is one that I, I feel should be on more people's radar. But yeah, this is one that I think is even better than Roseman Pike, is even mm. better than Carrie Mulligan. But they're not going to talk about it this award season. Hey, that's me. Interesting. I have them above. She makes just a line. I have a line of like what I think the best, best, best ones are. And I think I have like seven. She is mm. right there. There's just no more room, but she is right there above Carrie Mulligan and Roseman Pike. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Jesse Buckley from I'm Thinking of Ending. Oh, she's things. on the other side of the line. <laughs> she's. Oh, you got her in your top five. Oh, easily. easily. Okay, so so I, I we'll keep her around in contention okay. then. Elizabeth Moss from Invisible Man and Shirley, you know, does the does a woman losing her mind probably better than anybody else working in the industry right now? I don't know if either of these two performances are my favorite of her doing that type of thing. You know, I, I think per, her smell and Queen of Earth maybe are the performances that I think of. And I like these a lot. I think these are maybe in my top 10, but are not. They're not in my top five, at least. So I don't want to keep them around for contention. I agree with you on Invisible Man, but it's a very great performance. I disagree with you when it comes to Shirley and the other two. I think Shirley is better than was wow. Queen of the Earth and Her Smell. Now, granted, I need to rewatch Her Smell for sure. But I think she did what she needed to do in Shirley. And uh, yeah, like you said, that market... <laughs> She has owned it. She has yeah. found a way to not... Because it, it's not the same role over and over and over again. These are completely distinct uh, characters from each other that go on this very... You know, I don't want to call it a trippy journey, but uh, how psychological she gets, especially in Shirley, because she mm -hmm. has Stahlberg to go off of. And the other two two supporting actors are no joke either, but the the back and forth that she was doing with Stolberg and just the way that you mix in the directing, uh, mm -hmm. the special jury award-winning directing... Yeah, she's above the line for me for Shirley as well, man. All right. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you at least yet because it is a great performance. I, I like her a lot in that movie. Okay. One that I know that you have on your honorables is Barbara Sukova from Two of Us, the, the French film. Yeah. 
Yeah, she is in there. Uh, uh, this is one that I know got shortlisted for the international features yeah. for France. I Talked believe about it a little yeah, bit in that video. I believe it's going to make it all the way through. I really like her performance because uh, it's kind of split between the beginning where they're actually in a relationship that's not fully a relationship, and she's the one who's trying to tell her partner, not partner, mm-hmm. what are you? Are you embarrassed of us? Are we becoming? You know, to bring up another movie like Breaking Fast. That also played at the same fest for New Fest. Are we becoming the exact same thing that we make other that we make fun of from other people? That we're not being ourselves because we're just trying to pretend. Are you embarrassed? And then obviously the big turn in the movie is that the partner ends up having I want to say dementia, and uh, then it's just her, and she leads the entire movie and is trying her hardest to be with the person who she just got into a big argument with, uh, and I think yeah. she carries it very well. Just like with Supernova, I do worry <laughs> that the interviews and the press that they're doing with this. I was telling Zach it reminds me of uh, Charlotte Rampant, uh, Ramplin, right when she was, yeah. did the thing for forty five years, and it was like great performance. Then she put in her two cents about something that wasn't her business. <laughs> and uh, the same thing has kind of happened here with the rollout for this movie um, where actors feel they got what they need. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, I, I don't think she's going to top it. But she is an honorable mention for me because I thought she played the role very well, uh, especially that of a lover who feels more and more distant from someone that they didn't even have fully close to begin with. Yeah. All right, so a few more performances here that we liked, but I don't think are really going to make our top five. Haley Bennett from Swallow, who I think holds the screen really, really well, uh, (laughs) you know, kind of gives you this very inward textured performance. It's it's a great performance. It's maybe a little bit uh, smaller of a performance than the ones that I'm going to have in my top five. She's in my top five. She's in my top three. Oh, but yes. But again, I really love that movie. I think everything that she yeah. does in there, I think, kills it. But I, I know she's not going to get a nomination. This is the one that I'm willing to sacrifice because I've already okay. I, I've said my due. But yes, top three for me. I really love what she did in this movie. I think she played it off well. And I'm justice for her, man. We got to stop calling her Katniss Everdeen, man. She is her own person. <laughs> she is her she, own person. She is her own and I also think she did a great job even in Bill, Hillbilly Elegy, which we should not be speaking of. But I think out of all the performances in that movie, she's the one who was able to straddle that line of just being so overtly cliche and not falling into the tropes that that movie, I feel, did for a lot of its other actresses, who sadly yeah. may be the ones that are going to get the nominations this year. So, Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, Casey Roll from White Lie, a uh, really excellent performance in this underseen Canadian indie film. Just the way that she depicts this woman in caught in this lie as her life starts to unravel slowly, slowly, slowly. Uh, I think you can feel her panic through the screen in this performance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a fantastic job, not only in the journey that the character goes on, but she is, is like, she plays off probably the most people because the whole movie is following her. At no point do I think it even breaks away from her. So you were just seeing how she's keeping up with this lie from character to character to character to character. Uh, at no point does it falter at all. I thought she did a fantastic job. I am looking forward to what she does next. Absolutely. Zoe Dutch from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, how we really love her in this role. One, one of the best for her. She's just so so charming and sparky and electric in this movie. I think she's super watchable. It's a great case for why she should be a movie mm-hmm. star. Uh, it, it's just kind of like a fun role, though. I don't know if 
there's a lot of like necessarily depth in this part, but I like her a lot in it. I think you and I are arguing for her even more because I, I'd bring up the always great Haley Lou Richardson, who is actually on the Derby list uh, for Unpregnant of all movies. Yeah. But I would argue, as I think you would as well, that we would put Zoe Deutsch in there for um, Buffalo, which is streaming on Hulu as well. I think this is one yeah. that not a lot of people have caught. I, again, not. <laughs> I'm not saying it is the greatest movie. I'm not saying it's the greatest performance, but I've caught it twice and I've enjoyed it both times through. Yeah, and for a cert- to a certain extent, some of these performances, when you're a lead performance, it's like, can you carry this movie? Do you elevate the movie that you're in because you are the center of it? And, and this is a great case in Zoe Dutch's favor because mm-hmm. Buffalo succeeds so much because she's so good in it. I agree. Do you have Frances McDormand's Normandland performance in your top five? Because I don't. Is it blasphemous to say, Zach? I I don't know if film Twitter will have will be I mad at us for this one, but have her. Nah, I'm looking at my list. I have her, at, and that's not bad. I have her at one, two, three, four, five, six. I have her at number seven. I was gonna say it's at number seven. The, is it gonna be higher for other people from the list that I have over here? Which, sure, sure. I would argue for these other ones any day of the week. I think some of the it's not a bad performance, and I'm I have no problem with her winning the award for it either. Same. Um, but the things mm-hmm. that I'm rooting for Nomadland the most is probably directing. It's because yeah. of the way that they're able to uh, that Chloe is able to intertwine having an actress and then having non actors who you know were the people from the book coming it's in. It's a very to play naturalistic feeling movie. Easily. So um, again, not bad. Uh. But yeah, I have it at number seven. What yeah, you have it, it at? I got it like maybe like 10, 11. There's just Ooh. some actresses who I who I really liked a lot this year. And it's not necessarily to fault Frances McDormand, who is excellent as she always is. That year for but three billboards. I thought she killed it. I cannot think of anybody my vote else. that year. Just not but this year. I, yeah, I just, I just think that this is a um, what is great about this performance is how little is going on in it. And is that a bad I, thing, though? It's not a it's not a bad thing, but it's just maybe not something that draws me to this one opposed to the other as opposed to the other ones. I think she's pretty much doing everything she needs to in this movie. Uh, I don't don't know if I think that this is the the role that I would necessarily think is like a top ten performance role, if that makes sense. The Oscars will prove me wrong, I guess, or whatever, but, yeah. you know, I, I want to sp- spotlight some other performers. That's just it, yeah. I think a lot of people here is like, number seven, how dare it not be in the top three? Yeah. Um, no, I would argue for my other top six, as I think you would for... I'm curious what yours is, because you, yeah. you have, like, a whole other... You have a whole ten. Yeah, I, I got a few in here that All I'm right. interested to hear your opinion about. It wasn't a bad year. Viola Davis, another person that is probably going to get nominated for an Oscar, but neither of us have her in our top five. And I think this is a little bit because there's a little bit of category fraud going on here. Let's talk about it. Because Viola is like very much the supporting performance in this movie. So much of the movie happens without her character even present, Mm -hmm. which is weird for a movie called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom when she's playing Ma Rainey. But she the way that her character kind of just enters and exits and changes the dynamic is such a classic supporting role that it feels weird to have her here among the lead actors. 
I also think that this is like a solid but not amazing Viola Davis performance. Oh, there I are a lot good, of yeah, amazing Viola Davis performances out there. Uh, you know, I always point to Doubt as like one of the greatest screen performances of all time. Yeah. But like this is like a, just a solid turn from her. Also, the fact that she's not actually singing these songs, I think, it, you know, ultimately is another thing that it's just she's less involved in this movie than some others. Now... I think I like her role a lot more than you do, but I agree with you. It's not in her own, like in her own repertoire, though. It's not the best. Yeah. That said, though, I agree 100% with the category thing because going into this movie, I was like, nah, she's the lead. And what are they talking about, Chadwick? No, Chadwick was very much the lead. And surprisingly, <laughs> I felt like she was more the supporting. Yeah. So that was an interesting turn of events. I do have her in my top five if it was supporting because I believe not only the way that the character is written, Same, the amount of actually. screen time that she has. But, like, I just feel like she hits all those points better if that's the category you put it in. But, I, again, we yeah. have this discussion for about three more other roles that we were bringing yeah. up in this podcast. But part of being the us. lead actor or actress is carrying the movie. And I don't really think she carries this movie. There's another performance that carries this movie, and we will talk about that later. It begins in this and video. ends it. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Nicole Bahari. I have her outside of my top 10. I think it's a great performance. I really liked Miss Juneteenth, but I think this is a little bit in like the Francis McDormand category of it. Like it's so naturalistic and she's playing things. She's underplaying things in a way that works so perfectly for the character Mm -hmm. that maybe makes her stand out a little bit less than some other performances that I have here. I like the performance a lot, but it's not one of the 10 that uh, has really stuck with me. Uh, I'd be surprised if she gets a nomination. I know she was able to sweep up the one for the Gotham's. Uh, I also, I know you guys felt this way about another movie for Sylvie's Love. I would have thrown Tessa Thompson in there because I thought she also did a great job in the in the role that she was in there. So between uh, Nicole Bahari and Tessa Thompson, two performances that came out of the same year at Sundance, I feel like they've been garnering more of the indie awards without really getting any recognition from anything that's uh, that's bigger. I guess, but I still think that they were solid performances, even though they're not in my personal top 10, though. Yeah. All right. So I can start with my 10 if you want me to go through it. Oh, that OK. Way. Go for it. Yeah. So I got Debbie Honeywood from Sorry We Missed You. Uh, it, another one of these very naturalistic performances, except that, like, because I think she's maybe less of a professional actor mm-hmm. than the others, there's something even less uh, performancy about it. There's something that almost feels like documentary about it. Okay. Uh, the the way that she gets overwhelmed and cries in these moments is so unactorly. I, I don't feel like I've quite seen a on screen cry like those, and it just hit me right in my gut. So. I really loved her performance in that movie. I've got her in my top 10. I know she's one that you liked a lot as well. Mm-hmm. That's all I said. Should, are we keeping her in then? Um, well, I felt like we were only breaking the top five, though. That's why. That's the thing. We we only got to bring the top five. Do you want to – do you think she should be a top five is what I'm asking? Uh, we can maybe. keep her around. Yeah, we we'll can keep her yeah. around. Let's do – yeah. I got Zendaya for Malcolm and Marie, a movie that we have yet to talk about on the Intercut podcast. You know, but I heard people arguing for her. I, you know, I'm a big fan. No. <laughs> really? You <laughs> nah. didn't like her performance? Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. And it's not that I didn't like her performance. It's just that, and I felt the exact same thing also with John uh, David Washington, is that there is a point where it's like they're hitting it, they're doing what they need to do, and then they enter a, a part of the script that I feel they just, not that they couldn't handle it, but I was sitting there thinking about the writing of what they were saying as opposed mm-hmm. to the performance. That. I I can see what you're saying, and I think I fall on the side that it's more of a fault with the writing. Okay. I mean, I'm not... I don't think this is necessarily like an amazing performance, but it's a really captivating one. I, I think she's just a very interesting screen presence, and I, I sure. was excited to see this side of her i like the characters a lot there's one thing i've been finding with the malcolm and marie thing is just using it as a verb pulling a malcolm pulling a marie <laughs> so uh, I, I will give them that i i think the characters are going to stay stay with me for a lot longer than i think the her performance in particular Great. so we are eliminating zendaya sorry yeri han from minari yeah um i don't think it'll break it for me i kind of wish it would but I wish it would, and I just got off of seeing it again, and I do think yeah. she does a great job in the role. But it, I would argue more for the grandmother's character than I would mm-hmm. for her, and I know not everyone would agree. And again, I feel bad because I feel like it's taking away from the subtlety of her performance, which is yeah, the biggest it's a strength smaller in performance. It. it is, and it is also a matter of like I just have more people I would put ahead. But it's not a bad performance. I feel weird saying, again, that's why I wanted to start off by saying, like, yo, this is a really good year. There are a lot of great performances, um, but there are just better performances, in my opinion, from my list. Why? Mm -hmm. Do you have her breaking the top five? I kind of want her to. I have her, unfortunately, I have her at, like, number six, number seven, kind of floating between there. Okay. So I'm I'm okay with eliminating her, unfortunately. I will say this. I... I wouldn't mind her getting a nomination over Carrie Mulligan. You know, I mean, I wouldn't mind it either because I think it's I think it's a really interesting, subtle performance. I think it's very lived in like a lot of Minari Minari. So I don't know. I think it's the kind of acting that I enjoy seeing rewarded, Mm -hmm. although Mulligan's got the splashier performance and and. That's why I'm still surprised as as fans of Promising Young Woman. I am surprised that Carrie Mulligan has made it all the way to like the best actress talks because as much as great as I thought she was, mm-hmm. I did not think she was going to be competing with a lot of the other names like you like you said and performances that usually are the ones that get awarded uh, or, or get nominated um, for the Oscars. But so let's talk about it. Let's talk about Carrie Mulligan because I've got her also floating at six and seven with Yeri Han. Mm, um, yeah, I have her in the lower of the. 10 i'm not saying she'd be 11 but honestly like i said i would have put sarah bulger ahead uh i have francis mcdormand ahead i have a lot of the other ones that we're going to be mentioning bro i put driveways ahead to be honest with you so i have her i have driveways in supporting but okay all right i'd still put it at <laughs> and, and here's the thing again i i i like the movie i like the movie yeah. a lot but i like the um the journey, I guess, more than I do the performance. Uh, it, it's not a bad performance, and I don't want to blame it on genre because I don't want to be the person who's always saying we should be awarding more genre films. I'm just mm-hmm. surprised that I think it's the subject matter that has hit mm-hmm. more with people, whereas I think there's a lot of other genre films. Uh, t- to be honest with you, there is some other genre films. Swallow, which we have mentioned. We're going to get to mm-hmm. another one that's more of a psychological one that 
tends to not get it because it's not a drama. Yet this one, that's a yeah. revenge thriller. Part of what drama. makes part of what makes Carrie Mulligan's performance so interesting is that, or, or part of what makes her character so interesting in Promising Young Woman is that it's a character about repression, a character who has repressed a lot of her feelings and thoughts and uh, hopes, even. Yeah, and it results in Mulligan giving a performance that puts a lot of, a lot of it underneath the surface which, which is I think not a really bad works thing. i think she's excellent in the movie i think it's just ultimately um not asking as much of her as some of the other performances that i have ahead of her yeah none of these that we're mentioning are bad we're just playing a yeah. game of which is better i guess than the other ones and mm-hmm. i am i'm just surprised that uh just the way that the oscars plays genres i guess but i am not the oscars and even in my own list i i, I have her barely cracking the top 10 mm-hmm. interestingly enough I skipped over Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman because I feel like you got her in your top five. Bro, I almost forgot. I don't have her in my top five. Okay. But I do have her above Mulligan for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like what they do in that movie in having it be, you know, the focus is on this character who uh, loses their child. But the entire movie is really her relationship with her mother. And it's how she's dealing with the loss of her kid by the mom trying to make sure that her own kid is living up to um, uh, a lot of the trauma that she went through herself when she had her. And uh, I really like the visual motifs that they have in the movie. And they kind of act as like um, markers for how the character progresses. And I mean, it's in the title, picks up these pieces uh, of herself in order to become a whole again. I really, really, really like the performance. I really like the way that it's written, and especially because it's based off of the journals um, that the writer had, uh, being a partner of the director as well. So there's a lot of intimacy that comes into the movie. And I think one of the most surprising parts in particular is the fact that Vanessa Kirby has never gone through labor. Vanessa Kirby doesn't even Mm -hmm. have any children. She acted her ass off in the film. Um, Yeah, honestly, I may have eight above the line, to be honest with you. No, I have her right under Sarah Bolger. I think I have her right under. I'm I'm not disrespecting. Please watch A Good Woman is Hard to Find. But yeah, that would be in my top 10. Yeah, she's in my top 10 as well. It's a really excellent performance. You know, just the amount that she's able to make you sympathize and and feel for her is is really, really remarkable in that Mm -hmm. movie. And I think that movie is so focused on her in a way that really elicits so much emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a great performance, even though it's outside of my top five personally. So of the ones that I got in my top five, uh, I think there's two in here that you are not going to have in yours for sure. One is Julia Garner's in the assistant, which of the, which of the like subtle performances that we've been talking about is my favorite. I think she does so much with her body language in that movie to communicate things. There's, you know, a scene in the elevator with Patrick Wilson where nobody mentions that it's supposed to be Patrick Wilson, but like, you know, it's supposed to be Patrick Wilson. And you know that just because of how she positions herself and how she becomes awkward and the way that she's able to communicate all of that in what is otherwise like a pretty much silent moment She's really doing something special in The Assistant. I really like this performance. I'm willing to drop it if you really don't think that it's a, a com- if it could compete for our collective top five, though. 
I think that's the best part of the movie. Hands down is the subtlety that she brings to it without her, without everything she brings to it. It would have dragged out the the day and all the stuff that she goes through. But the way that she reacts to emails when she finally goes in for that one sequence where she has to have the discussion, even when she's having the talks with her with her family on the phone, mm-hmm. I I would have put it in my top five. That's fine. But that would be one where I, I'd be okay with her getting nominated. I've loved seeing her uh, kill it with the Emmys. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a – I can't wait to see what other performances she does because I do think that she's going to be coming in and getting a lot of nominations very soon with the performances that she has. But I do think this was the strongest part of the movie, but not in my top five. All right. I got Kristen Milotti for Palm no. Springs. <laughs> I think she is giving such a dynamic performance in this movie is able to take you through all these different emotions in a realistic way and, okay. and balance the tonal shifts of the movie. You know, it's a movie where it's kind of built around Andy Samberg, but it feels like it's missing something whenever she's not on screen. And I just think it's one of the best comedic performances that I've seen in a, a couple of years. It's not going to get nominated for okay, any I awards. Say, I was just about to say, <laughs> I, I love her, but um, yeah, no, I, I could see that. Again, another one that when it comes to genres, that even if it would have been eligible, I mean, it is eligible. Mm-hmm. It's just never going to be considered because it's a comedy. You know, mm-hmm. there's only like one out of all of the stuff that's nominated. We have one actress who comes from a comedy, right? And even mm-hmm. that, I feel, is because of the subject matter that it's covering. But we'll get to that in the supporting yeah, sorry. Not entering the top five, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got Aubrey Plaza in my top five from yes, Black sir. Uh, You know, it's a performance where she's asked to do so many things. It's a performance where you watch her character evolve mm-hmm. over time. You, you can feel things shifting around her be, through her performance. She's able to do so much to manipulate the energy of that movie and do things that I've never seen her do before as somebody Mm -hmm. who's even a big fan of Aubrey Plaza's. I was blown away by her in this movie. I think it's a great performance. She's for sure in my top five. I agree. Okay. Easy enough. Sydney Flanagan from Never Rarely Sometimes Always. Yes, sir. She... Yes, sir. Perfectly embodies this role in a way that makes the movie almost feel like a documentary. Mm -hmm. She can communicate so much without saying anything. We've mentioned it all the time, but the never, rarely, sometimes, always scene is just some of the most pitch perfect dramatic acting that exists. Unbelievable. And, And yeah, I mean. I think you can hold up that one scene against just about any other performance from this year, and it it totally contends. Even though this is ostensibly, I think, her debut, yeah, I I think this is easily in my top five. 100%. All right. My number one, I don't know if this is in your top five, but my number one is the girl Carrie Coon. For the nest. Now I know that everybody's just about done talking about the nest for whatever reason. That it didn't hit. That people didn't love it. But Carrie Coon is giving you so Top much in this three movie. Performances. All right. <laughs> she you just so mentioned good. Black Bear. Never, yeah. rarely, sometimes, always. And Carrie Coon. 
Those are yeah. my top three performances. We should host a podcast Without together. Without a damn doubt. When, when we were saying, oh, who, who are people going to be mad about? I, I'm sure the, the Yeri fans, they're going to be like, well, you guys just don't understand the subtlety in her performance. <laughs> Never rarely. There you go. Yeah. Oh, if, why not Francis McDormand? Never rarely. Once again, <laughs> Audrey Plaza. Viola Davis again. is acting her ass off. Well, I, I do, and I do have Viola Davis, just in a different category. But yeah. when we were looking at those and I went, nah, the top that I have over here, I would gladly contest against some of these other ones. These other actresses. I, I'm sure people, you only get mad whenever it's not their pick. But I can defend my pick for damn sure. Great performances over there. The three you just mentioned are easily without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I have on top, though. Between Carrie Coon, between Aubrey Plaza and Sidney Flanagan, I'm okay with either of them winning. Uh, I I just wish all three would get nominated. I feel one of them, Aubrey, is not not even in the running, it seems, for a lot of people over here. Mm -hmm. But those three, with also Jesse Buckley, with also um, uh, Shirley, um, I would also add her in there as well, and then uh, Haley Bennett. I know that's more of a personal pick, but those are my one, two, three, four, five, six, easily. I broke my five, six, easily. But the top three, without a doubt, are Carrie Coon, Audrey Plaza, and uh, Sidney Flanagan for Never Really, Sometimes, Always. These are impeccable freaking performances. Absolutely. Talk about Carrie Coon, man. I agree with you. I finally caught the movie, and by that point, people were like, eh. No, what I saw on screen is, eh? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say, man. Just the the way that it's like a marriage being tortured and you, you feel the anguish of having to have their lives uprooted through her discomfort, mm. how, how she has to contend with her children being upset with her with all her troubles with the horse, the poor the horse. Yeah, it's it's. It's a fascinating performance. It's just so magnetic. I could not look away from her. I just want like a loop, 10 hour, one of those YouTube 10 hour loop videos of her dancing in that one scene. (laughs) I want uh, a montage of all of the times. What's his name? Thinks he's going to get a one up on her. Uh, Jude Law. And she Mm -hmm. just smacks him down, especially uh, when they're ordering food at the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. That was one of the ones I replayed immediately. Uh, Yeah, beautifully written movie. And I think she... Carrie Coon is one of the best we have working. Like, it's not even a surprise. Like, I hate the fact that we have to, like, defend Carrie Coon as best performance. Are you kidding me? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then it just reminds me of, like, oh, all right, we're not putting the respect on Carrie Coon's name. I guess she needs to be in an episode of WandaVision or something. Because I don't know what's going on here. I thought she was already a household name. Um, through The Leftovers, through Gone Girl. I thought she did a great job as a supporting performance. Uh, but I know she's done a lot of theater. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was really hoping the Nets would have hit more. But I guess the subject matter a lot of people didn't like because they were rich. But I know we've talked about how it is based off the director's own upbringing. And, and, and again, the differences of, of, of these are characters who are in America and have to make this shift over to the U.K., and that's a whole other part that she really brings into it beautifully. Uh, and there's just a lot of subtleties in that movie. Like, if you rewatch it, just just realizing all the baggage that they've been holding, it makes all the scenes earlier on have a completely different twist to it. And that, uh, yeah, that that's all thanks to the performances on, of both of them. Yeah. What's his name? Did a no, good job I, as well. I, we will bring up Jude Law later in this video for sure. But Carrie Coon is, is so much the center of this movie and, and does so much with it. Yeah, it's been my favorite performance of the year since we saw it, or I saw it at least. I think you saw it too back at Sunday. I did not see it at Sunday. Oh, okay. I got the I got the link later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, so we got Carrie Coon, Sidney Flanagan, and Aubrey Plaza for sure in the top three. Those the so nest, good. Those never, so good. sometimes, we don't always. Need two more. Black Bear. What else are we putting in our top five? We got Julia Garner from The Assistant. Okay. We got Debbie Honeywood from Sorry We Missed You. Got Jesse Buckley from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And got Elizabeth Moss from Shirley. Are you ready to eliminate any of those four? I know you didn't say Swallow Haley Bennett. I just want to say her name one last time. Um, yeah. I really think it's Jesse Buckley for sure. No? She – it is it, – it is an incredible performance. I think really? – Okay. No, no, no. I, I, I don't – I'm not going to disagree with you. I think actually you're right that it should be in the top five. I think because the movie is such a, a mystifying it, mix of too much elements sometimes, yeah. that it almost feels like her performance – is inconsistent, but it's as inconsistent as the movie is. If you would, I'm not trying to say that as no, a diss. I, it, exactly, it's, just, it's it's schizophrenic intentionally, uh-huh. and uh, you know it, that's credit to her that, that is she's able to, to slip in and out of all these scenes. I think that's why she doesn't come to the top of my mind. But you know, you're forcing me to think about this, and yeah, I, I do think you're right. Plus, her repertoire is fantastic. If you haven't seen Beast, go check out Beast. Uh, what was the one from last year that she should have? Dude, she should have been nominated for song. She that talk about one where she's not just killing the performance, but she's also singing and, mm-hmm. and, and a part of the soundtrack and really just bringing in all this talent. Uh, yeah, 100% she should be nominated. Uh, she should be credited for this movie. And for the fifth role, I'm personally, I personally really like Shirley. That would I'm be happy me. to give it to Elizabeth Moss. I mean, well, who else would yeah. you have? Because you know I love Sorry We Missed You, but I I still wouldn't even um, have that come in. I think I had so Julia Garner on mine. I I'm also willing to argue for R- Yeri Han, even though we already admitted her, omitted her. I think Shirley. I think Shirley's the best one. Yeah, I mean I think look, Elizabeth Moss. It it is an incredible Elizabeth Moss performance in in which is something that weirdly is just becoming like a typical thing like a oh elizabeth moss is giving a 10 out of 10 in a movie that people are overlooking oh we got another spielberg movie and (laughs) (laughs) i guess it was just good but it wasn't it didn't change the landscape of stuff it's like yeah every time she comes in she is giving it her all yeah and i yeah i I just don't think that we uh we credit her enough with what she does all right so uh i'm happy to give it to elizabeth moss sorry to debbie honeywood and to Julia Garner, you almost got it. You, we Julia's do love good. you, and you'll. Ju- Julia is going to get on this list sometime in the future for sure. She's Easily. got a long time ahead of her. Gold Derby assembles their predictions for what they assume will get nominated for the Oscars, and on their list they have in the Best Actress category: Carrie Mulligan, Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, Vanessa Kirby. And Andre Day in their top five. We have no overlap in our best actress choices with theirs right now. Bro, they have Carrie Mulligan at the top. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Viola Davis. I, I still feel she should have been in the other category. Frances McDormand. I've, I felt like she was always going to be the one who was going to win. Like she was just going to follow it up again because, as we know, she wasn't taking a role since her win the previous mm-hmm. time until this one. Um, yeah, I like seeing Vanessa Kirby there. Andre Day. If you say it's great performance, hey, they like Zendaya more than 
more than I get. Yeah, people were they got Zendaya, Amy Adams, Yeri Han, and Sophia oh, yeah, Loren as potentially uh, upsets there. You so know, the, I personally feel like that that five that I mentioned though looks like it could be uh, the five for the Oscars. Maybe Zendaya gets in there instead of Andre because Zendaya is such a, like a big mm-hmm. celebrity at this point. So we gave our top five out of what Gold Derby has predicted. What do you think? Who do you think will take the Oscar? For our top five or for what if Gold Derby predicted? For the Oscar. It kind of seems like there's a lot of momentum building around Carrie Mulligan. And I think one of the things, the the three frontrunners definitely feel like Carrie, Viola, and Francis at this point. Vanessa and Andre, I think, are happy to just be there. I think it's Francis. And of, of those three frontrunners, Carrie's the only one who hasn't won yet. So there might be a little bit of like, well, she's due. We like her. That'd be insane. Viola man. and Francis already won. So, but then there's that whole split in the way that they do the votes to begin with. But yeah, I'm sticking with you, Francis right now. You think it's my gonna prediction. be Francis? I, I feel so. I, I do. I really do. All right, cool. So why don't we move on to the best supporting actress category? From the best supporting actress category, some of the honorable mentions that I wanted to throw in here. I got Adele Hanel from Deerskin. It's kind of a small performance, but a funny one. Okay. I wanted to throw a shout out to. We mentioned Nicole Bahari for Miss Juneteenth. I also wanted to shout out Alexis uh, Chikese from uh, Miss Juneteenth. I thought she also gave a really good performance as the, the daughter in that movie. You wanted to shout out Mercedes Hernandez from Identifying Features. Yeah, I thought she gave a very uh, powerful performance, a very subtle performance of a mother who is willing to do anything to go find her son. with a beautifully written script. Uh, very slowly paced, but I thought that, you know, through all of the intensity that they put her through in that film, I thought she carried it very well. I'm I'm still hoping that it well it's actually not even yeah it's not eligible at all for the Oscars yeah. at all but that's why I, that's why I wanted to give her a shout out. I got Marsha Stephanie Blake from I'm Your Woman. I think I'm Your Woman is a really mm-hmm. interesting movie and there's some solid performances in that one. But she stood out to me as sort of a late entry into the movie who okay. changes the dynamic a bit. We got two performances from Kajillionaire here in Deborah Winger and Gina Rodriguez. Mm. I like them both a lot in this movie. Yeah. I don't know if either are really contenders for my top five. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite from the two of them? <sighs> they're so different because they're both playing yeah. completely different women for the main character. One who is there to support, the other one who is there to support. Uh, yeah. So Deborah's playing such a character and Gina is just this radiant light of optimism and yeah. energy. I don't really have a, I mean. They're both great in different They're both great. Ways. <laughs> <laughs> One in, in a specific way, yeah. too. Elizabeth DeBecky in Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's best tall actress. Easily. 2020. Your best mother in film. Do you have Ellen Burstein in your top five? Because I don't, even though I Ooh. liked her performance in Pieces of a Woman, I... I I actually don't like love this performance. I think as some other other people do. I feel yeah. you. No, because I just remembered Dominique Fishback. So no, she is not yeah. in there. Now I, I know that Viola Davis doesn't count. We were just finishing talking about that. How we consider her a supporting one. Just mentioning yeah. it there. But no, I, I do think that she does give a good performance in the film again because she is. The she is literally the supporting, almost <laughs> antagonist to um, uh, what's her name in Pieces of a Woman, Vanessa Kirby, and uh, she plays an integral part into it. She obviously has that really big moment that would be playing as the Oscar clip speech that they give her. Uh, as much as I like it, no, it would not break my top five. Yeah, 
Do you have Hong Chow from Driveways in your top five? Okay, I thought she. I don't know. I thought we were considering her as lead. I okay, guess, but I, um, no, not in my top five. But I'm glad that we're giving her a mention because yeah. I, I really love the subtlety in her performance, and especially the kid as well. The way that they, it's just a lived in already. You know that they have been you. They've had this relationship going for a while. Just the way that she mm-hmm. smokes a cigarette, puts it out. He, he didn't even got to look at it. He knows exactly what he needs to do. To, for his mom, um, I think it's a very beautiful performance that uh, yeah. hopefully gets more indie buzz as those nominations come out as well. Yeah, we, we love Hong Chow on the Intercut podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to get a, use a chance to talk about her. But it's a small performance, but one that we liked a lot. Allison Janney from Bad Education. I know that we're going to talk more yeah. about Bad Education later. No, it's the and one that doesn't qualify, but we want it to. Right. We, we, if in our world it would be eligible for for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think we can give her a shout out at least here for because sure. she is so great. That Long Island accent is so awesome. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's ultimately going to make our top five. I would have made my top 10 if it was eligible for sure. Yeah. Maybe even higher. It might. I didn't even consider it, but it might have broken my top five because you know that that's one of my top five favorite movies of last year uh, yeah. and the performance has killed it. All right, so I've got six performances here for five Best Supporting Actress slots, and I'm gonna gonna run through them. You can tell me maybe what you think are the best ones, at least. Okay. We got Amanda Seyfried from Mank, Olivia Cooke from Sound of Metal, Dominique Fishback from Judas and the Black Messiah, Talia Ryder from Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Yoo Jung Yoon from Nari. And Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film. Okay. All right. Uh, so I think we both have Yoo Jung Yoon for sure. You know. Here. You're, you're going to pull a 180 on me at this moment and suddenly back down on the grandma from Minari? Here's my thing. It's between her and uh, Talia from Never Really. Really? For that spot. So I'm surprised that you don't have her. Uh, I have her at number one right now. I think who? Yoo Jung Yoon. Oh no 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 no! I, I meant not 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 in the ranking. I don't actually have her at number one either. I do have a number one, but I'm talking about like it's to fill in that fifth spot. It's gonna have to be between her. Talia's out. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm Cause saying. Because for me, I got Olivia Cook or Amanda Seyfried sort of on my on my fence. Oh, you're gonna do Amanda like that, aren't you? Ooh, yeah. okay. No, here's Maybe. the thing. I would also I don't even have Cook in my top five. I'm gonna give you my top five right here. For me, it sure. goes as follows. Again, the uh Yojung would be tied for that fifth spot with Talia for Never Rarely, but then I would have at number four, Borat two. Then at number three, I have Amanda Seyfried for Mank. At number two, I have Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. And at number one, and she needs to win it, is Olivia Coleman for the five. It's not even. It's not oh, even. Uh, I forgot to put Olivia on here because I still haven't even, seen the father. It's not even close. Like I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> really? It's not even close what she does in that movie, man. And I'm still mad you missed it, Olivia Coleman. It's it's hers to lose. Um, I've been rooting for her. And I've even been rooting for, to spoil it, uh, the other gentleman who's in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. The best performances of the year, hands down. All Easily. right. I mean, okay. I, you ever I mean, want to give look, an ensemble They won't let me see the father. So I like just two people? It's crazy. Um, yes, Olivia Coleman, easily number one. I want to see Dominique Fishback get a nomination. I would love to see Amanda Seyfried get a nomination. 
Same thing for Maria Baklava for Borat. But look, personally, I like Talia Never Rarely. I would put Young Jun uh, ahead. I would love to see her get yeah. the nomination. All right. So since you got Olivia at your number one, I'm willing to put her in our top five, even though I haven't seen it. Oh, it has to be, bro. It has to be. Yeah. I got Maria at my number two, and I got Young Jun at my number one. So I think we can put both of them in as well. For sure. Now, I think we both have Dominique in our top five, so I think we can solidify her. So now we're fighting for Amanda, Talia, Olivia, and Talia. Yeah. I offer Amanda did a fantastic job in the movie, (laughs) and I think she was able to carry a lot in a performance where she's also playing another actress uh, Mm -hmm. and is able to bring in a lot of the nuances of what was going on during during that period in time. I'm surprised that she got shut out of the Globes, I think, right? Mm -hmm. I personally think she gave a better performance than Gary Oldman in the movie. And I feel that more people are pushing Gary Oldman. She is excellent in the movie. I am willing to go with you there because, you know, I don't really have an argument against her other than I maybe liked a couple performances more. Talia is the actual best supporting, though. Yeah, literally. that's here's my question for you, though. If we're choosing between Talia and Olivia, is Olivia in Sound of Metal enough? Yeah. Yeah. Cook? Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't have her as mine. My top, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess because the supporting performance under that really stood out, you know, besides gender would have been uh, Racy's character. So, yeah, uh, that was just me in particular. But I, I don't think she did a bad job in the movie. I just think the two standout yeah. performances in there would have been obviously the lead and uh, Paul's character. Yeah. So do you want to go with Talia here maybe then? I'm cool with – man, we doing Amanda like that again, man. Oh. No, no, no. We were putting Amanda uh, – wait, what did we – oh, no. You're right. You're right. We could only do one, and I guess I guess it could be Amanda if we only got to pick one. I'm willing to take out Gary Oldman. Yeah. Well, I don't so, have Gary Oldman in my top five. Exactly. He's not even getting in. So because yeah. we already honored Sydney, yeah. I feel like giving it to Amanda, I, just personally. I, I yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair. So we got Olivia Coleman from The Father, Yoon Jung Yoon from Minari, Maria Bakalova from Bur- Borat's subsequent movie film, Dominique Fishback from Judas and the Black Messiah, and Amanda Seyfried from Mank as our top five actress, supporting actresses. Of 2020. And you want Yujung to win. From that crop? I do. I would I would be super happy about that. That'd be that'd be incredible. It's Olivia's to lose. It is <sighs> Olivia's to lose. Her part's big enough. I that's the one thing that I've heard is that she doesn't have like a huge part in the movie. Well, they lied to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the gold derby list for supporting actress has Olivia Coleman as the lead oh as the favorite God. to win yeah. it. Followed by and Amanda Seyfried, Yoon Jung Yoon, Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy, and then Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film. They also have Ellen Burstein and Helena Zengel, who we haven't mentioned from News of the World. I haven't World. seen News of the World, but you know I'm a Same. huge Helena fan. System yeah. Crasher is a, is a role that she should have been nominated for, and they just they just didn't do anything there. Could you imagine that Glenn Close loses another Oscar to Olivia Coleman? Yeah, it's called uh, the nominations for this. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It sucks. I don't like putting it that way. But yeah, I'm looking at it, Zach. It's She's the easy. favorite. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm hoping Glenn Close doesn't even get nominated for that performance, to be honest, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Can you imagine the way that it works out? Glenn Close ends up winning? Oh, what a travesty. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would be much happier it's, with Hillbilly Elegy getting yes, no nominations. Exactly. But. It's terrible when someone winning an award, but what they win the award for and that having to follow them for the rest of their life is yeah. more of like a damn it than anything else. Right. Like, that's the thing is you don't want an actress like Glenn Close who who has been such a legendary figure to ultimately win for a movie as bad as Hillbilly Elegy. You know, and we were talking about great performances in bad movies earlier in this video. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hillbilly Elegy meets that qualification. Again, I said even both of the perform- – I mean, she plays it – she plays a grandma well, and I I don't see Amy – I, I don't. I, I didn't understand the Amy hype yeah. for that at all. I did argue um, for the supporting in terms of uh, Haley Bennett. I think she did the best job in that movie. But yeah, I don't want any of them to win in this. I think that would be terrible uh, for them. But did you see her interview with Pete Davidson? She had a one-on-one with Pete Davidson, which is I one. saw that it existed, but I didn't watch Thank you. it. Just the fact that that's out there. Look, uh, um, jokes aside, which. It is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it, it was actually a really great talk uh, that they both I'm had. I'm sure. I kind of feel like those thing, those talks are the most interesting when they get wacko pairs together. Yeah, you feel like the, it's the a variety mismatch, actors on yeah. actors. Yeah. Um, I thought they got into a nice little pocket and talking about addiction, but even more than that, they talked about the idea of not getting uh, any nominations, any wins and stuff like that. And she was like, you know what? Maybe I'll never win one, but eh, the legacy one's still one, isn't it? They can roll me out there in a wheelchair when I'm eighty yeah. something years old, and I'll accept that one. That'll be the that'll be the Oscar. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of noms. <laughs> people in NBA circles. I, I don't know why I'm bringing up basketball right now, but people in NBA circles are talking about Mike Conley, uh, and he's potentially uh, a <laughs> replacement for the All Star game. But if he doesn't get it, he'll be known as maybe the best player of all time to never make an all-star game. And that's a much better title than like some dude who made one all-star game. Sometimes it's better to not win the prize, right? Yeah. Like it's, if that's your legacy, then that's a legacy too. Yeah. You know, everyone likes bringing up Shawshank, not winning anything. That's yeah. I see it. Yeah. Shall we move on to the men best Let's actor go. and best supporting actor? Uh, best actor is, one of the toughest fields out there. And while there's a lot of good performances, we know that there's a few that are at the top of the barrel. So let's kind of quickly run through the ones that are just not really going to compete here. I I mentioned Kristen Milioti for Palm Springs. I'm also going to throw out Andy Samberg, who gave one of my favorite comedic performances of the year. You know, not something that I think should be a competitor for like best actor at the Oscars, but I think comedy, comedy performances are underrated and he is really good in this movie, especially because the movie goes through so many tonal shifts. So shout out to him and shout out to Sasha Baron Cohen who is amazing as Borat Always in Borat's subsequent movie film. You know, it's it's a unique type of performance, but it's the he's the best at that type of performance. So shout out to what he's doing there. I know you wanted to shout out a couple people from Small Axe, including John Boyega's performance in Red, White, and Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's one of the best performances that he's given in a role in his life and that movie is is what barely over an hour long i know it's not eligible because of the way that they have the rules and counting it as tv mm-hmm. but i would have also have added uh his father as a supporting as well because he would have been supporting if i'm not mistaken i thought he did a really great job in there another one that i know can only get the honorable mention just like we mentioned janny hugh jackman would have easily cracked my top five can't yeah. really mention him either i will say 
besides Sasha, who you mentioned, I also had uh, not breaking my top five while Carrie Coon did. Jude Law, I think, was uh, a, a perfect counterpart for Carrie Coon in that movie. I thought he did a fantastic job. Kerry Coon just yeah. just swept it though. Um, he's he's so excellent in that movie in such a, like a smarmy way. Like yeah. he, he he by because he's Jude Law, it's perfect because he kind of presents as this really charming, likable, handsome guy, and and is so good at getting to like the the asshole underneath that mm-hmm. all. And in a less competitive year, I would have been really pushing for him to get an Oscar nomination. But this is an extremely competitive. It year. is. Another one, surprisingly so. Uh, well, I go with the the smaller one. You have his name off the top because I couldn't pronounce it. But my boy from The Hater. This is an actor who I believe <laughs> is going to be coming up. If you haven't seen it, this is a slimy, yeah. disgusting movie up on Netflix. His name is... Uh, Maciej uh, Lovski. That's what it is. Giving, him the cre- giving this young man the credit right now because I think that he is going to be a powerhouse later on. He just gets into the role. I, I have never seen someone just like... I think those were real bags under his eyes, man. The way that he's just able to get into a, a character who's so conniving yet at the same time, like mm-hmm. you want to feel for him, but then you can't because he's just, he's so sickening in that role. And I, I'm very curious to see what other performances he dives into. Mm-hmm. Mods Mickelson, bro, what a year that Mods <sighs> Mickelson doesn't even make my list. What? I know. I, I got him right now at like sixth, I think, on mine. It's crazy, which is man. Super close, but yeah, I, I ultimately not gonna make our top five. I yeah, I it's such a good performance and there's a chance he still gets into the Oscar discussion, so I would be happy to see it's him stacked, sneak bro. in there, even if it isn't in my top five, because he is so charming and convincing in another round. Mm-hmm. Colin Firth, uh, the duo from Supernova, is is mm. I, I know they're counting Colin Firth as a lead. Does uh, what's his name also count as a lead, or is he supporting? Tucci is going to be supporting. Supposedly. Okay, either way, is that both... category fraud? Okay, it's theft. That's <laughs> straight white collar crime happening right in yeah. front of us. Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're both, in my opinion, the exact same level of performance. In my opinion, they are very good. I don't want to see them mentioned on Oscar night. At all. They're yeah. really good. No. I think a lot of that movie in the behind the scenes, as much as I think it's a great story, is definitely manufactured into being Oscar. If there's one movie I can call Oscar bait on, this one. It's still good. It's clearly Oscar bait. They're great. No. Zach, I am sorry, but I think I have to go with the number six pick here. It is a performance that I consider a supporting, but I understand how the rules work. I know you have it in your top five, but Zach, I know you haven't seen my number one pick for the father. Kingsley Benadir. Yeah. Very deserving. So I'm not going to be upset if, 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 if he makes it, but I have a solid top five that I believe should not be broken. I don't even argue for him. Interesting. So I, I'm not going to eliminate him yet because uh, I got him. Can we eliminate Gary Oldman? I think we can eliminate Gary Gone. Oldman, yeah, who is good in Mank. And I also would not be surprised if five years from now I'm thinking to myself, like, how did I not realize how good Gary Oldman was in Mank? But sure. at the same time, bad. It, it's, it does feel a little bit one note of a performance for a movie that is as long as Mank and, and takes as many turns as Mank. He kind of... He he has this sort of disposition throughout the movie, and uh, I think one of the things that's maybe most commendable is the levels of drunk he's able to communicate throughout the movie. But 
I don't know if we're going with best drunk performances of the year. I'd have Maz Mikkelsen slightly above this one. And I'd also have in Black Bear, Aubrey Plaza. So when it comes to my top five, Chadwick is not, has been a solid list. Hold, 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 hold. I got a couple more honorables. Oh, you got some more honorables. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah, you, you didn't mention uh, Sean Parks from Mangrove in the Small Axe series, who is excellent in that first one mm-hmm. of the... Uh, small axe movies and the only one that is like kind of a full length movie yeah too this cafe owner who who's pulled into this civil rights battle unwillingly at times mm-hmm. and just the the conflict and the the rage that he feels but is forced to keep in check is so palpable throughout the movie it is an excellent excellent performance and I'm, I, I believe he got nominated for a golden globe in the tv section so nice. i'm hoping TV if not john section. boyega then sean parks might take uh, that one okay uh, Tsima from Tiger Tail, uh, Alan Yang's directorial debut from back early last year. I, I think the movie is uneven, but he is so lovely okay. and heartfelt throughout. It, it's just such a great performance from an actor who doesn't normally get such a big role. So I wanted to shout him out. But yeah, I, I think we can get into your top five if you want to do that. Delroy Lindo from The Five Bloods better get a nomination. One of the best performances um, of this past year, whether you feel mixed on the movie. I was one that felt mixed on the movie. I know you loved it. I was like, hey, it's a mm-hmm. movie. Delroy Lindo, though, and the speech that he gives and the way that he was able to embody a character. A lot of people, I don't know why, other than him and Larry David, there's only been two people who have been able to dive into the mind of a Trump supporter the way he has. Um, I thought he played it down to a key i thought uh he has a great speech that he gives as well beautiful mm-hmm. performance steven yun needs to get nominated this man has had some of the best interviews in understanding his character because it's not just his you know cousin's father his uncle that he's playing he's playing his own father he is understanding this immigrant story that i don't even want to call an immigrant story because this is an american story something that again has been a big debacle in uh the golden globes yeah, the- Hollywood Foreign Press's uh, classification of that, yeah. I, no, I, I agree with you. Steven Yeun is so, so good. We, we just got to rewatch Minari recently. Mm, that shot and- where they keep it on him works so much better the second time around when you're like, they, oh, man, oh, they're just going to keep it. The way you see him processing things and the way you see him trying to, trying to, through determination, get his family through such frustrating struggles and how he, he almost refuses to engage with things outside of his goal uh, in this way that ultimately <laughs> is such a frustration for Minari. I, he, I could he's feel so it. good. I, I could feel the pressure on his shoulders, man. He is someone yeah. that was making a montage like a fan cam of the man. He's it. It was yep. a fan cam of him. It was a fan cam of Lakeith. It was a fan cam of... um. Oh, what am I missing? It was like four different actors that they had fan cams of. And I was like, man, these guys, <laughs> these guys have been killing it with every performance that they've been taking. So, yes, Steven Yeun. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, easily one of the best performances of the last year. Uh, I love everything that he did in that movie. I was glad to see him win a couple of the uh, more independent awards. I'm hoping that he's able to at least score that nomination. He better score that nomination. Because he's been one of the actors that's just been, you know, he, he's killed it in a lot of the supporting roles that he's had, where all, all other actors have been able to get nominations. But he's been growing up to the point that he isn't now. Uh, he's probably, he's, I don't know, my top five is so stacked. Delroy, Steven, Riz, they're all equally as great, but I, I easily think that the top two, 
goes down to uh, Anthony Hopkins and the father, who I think is the best performance of the year, but I don't think he's going to win. And it's kind of okay, because as much as they hyped this man up, Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom delivered above what I thought he was going to, yeah. literally, because I thought he was going to be a supporting character. <laughs> so to my surprise, when I see that it is this man's movie, uh, it is this man's year to win this award, he's going to get a double nomination as well. And while I think Anthony is the best performance, I, I can see why Chadwick is, is going to take the award, for sure. And, and rightfully so. I, do, I, I do, do see a lot of the arguments for his role and what he plays. But I'm very curious, because I know you haven't seen The Father. What ends up being your top five? So I've got in my top five Mads Mikkelsen. Or sorry, excuse me. Um I have Mads Mikkelsen at seven and Lakeith Stanfield at six, just outside of my top five. We haven't mentioned Lakeith Stanfield yet. Another great uh, actor, best actor performance from this year. Crowded year. Tough luck for our boy Lakeith. <laughs> uh, I have Kingsley Benadir, who he mentioned at the fifth slot, which is why uh-huh. I'm ultimately okay with him not being in our collective top five, because my four through one are all picks that we agree on. And, you know, I like Kingsley Benadir a lot. It is less of a leading performance than these other leading performances we're comparing it against. So in a, in a crowded year like this one, I'm okay with it being the one that we don't see, but I don't know if I got to start to get a, did you have something on Kingsley? I was just going to say, besides Gary Oldman coming in and ruining this, (laughs) you know, him getting a nomination and then we have to kick out one of these other guys. Are you cool with Kingsley getting a nomination over Delroy? Are you cool with Kingsley getting a nomination over Steven? No, you know. <laughs> That's it. I was just curious. What What's really going to tick me off is when it's Gary Oldman that takes a spot exactly. from Steven or Delroy. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if I need to get a hashtag going or something like hashtag let Zach see the father or whatever. But let me see the father. Please. It's been over a year. It's so good. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, you you like I don't it? Know what else to tell you, man? You thought it was a good movie. I think it should. W- Is it a good movie if it should win Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor? Yeah, that's how you feel. The only reason it ain't winning the other ones is because there's no one filling in those roles. Let me see this movie. Ooh, and art direction, <laughs> and script. So, yeah, I can't have Anthony Hopkins Directing on my list because I haven't seen this movie. But I do have Riz Ahmed at my number four. I, I like the performance a lot. Uh, it's it's a very subtle performance. and It's a very uh, transformative performance. He's, he has to do a lot for it. I, I really like the other three actors more. Uh, I have uh, Chadwick Boseman at number three, personally, for me. Woo. I like okay. I like the performance a lot. It, it had him at number two. It, he's doing so much in this movie. I think it's just kind of like a loud performance in a way that is not the kind of things that I am usually respond that I respond to in a performance. I like something where th- there's a little bit more below the surface, like a balance. And and because of the way this script is written, he puts it all out there. And he's doing exactly what this movie needs him to do. I think maybe my issues with it are more based on how the script is written. But he's so, so good. Fair. Steve Young. I got him at number two. It is a 
amazing performance. Just it, lived in is the word that we keep repeating. He's one of the best. He he doesn't feel like a character. He feels like a person in this movie, and mm-hmm. it, it, I think it's so it's such a layered performance that he's giving. I, I'm I'm so drawn to his presence on screen. I think he's just gonna be one of these guys we have in these discussions for the next, you know, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. And th- this is mm-hmm. kind of the the performance that seems to have elevated him to that level. So I really, really hope that he ends up scoring an Oscar nomination. But the one that I'm really crossing my fingers for hoping he gets that Oscar nomination is Delroy Lindo. Cause God, you're getting scared. Aren't you a little worried? I, I, at this point, if you ask me to predict, I don't think he's getting one. And that, that, that hurts, man. Because the fact that it gets, he's still in the top 10, six right now, based off gold derby. And that's been the longest role. Like that came out early 2020. That yeah. speaks volumes, in my opinion, and I think we're belittling it. Yeah, he he was the front runner in July, and then slowly disappeared into the pack at, to an extent. But especially because we included January, uh, just know? such so. a dynamic performance. Yeah, it, and and he, I think he's able to communicate so much about his char- how his character feels, what his character has been through in that performance. I would be so, so heartbroken if he didn't get in here. Ow, man. I'm starting to try and accept it, though. Yeah. So (laughs) we got on our top five, Delroy Lindo, Stephen Yun, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, and Riz Ahmed. That's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, if only the Oscars Wait. would listen to us. Gold Derby's list is Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Riz Ahmed, Stephen Yun, and Gary Oldman. Nah, get Gary out of here, yeah. bro. They got Delroy at sixth right now, so hopefully that's the case. They also got uh, Kingsley, Kingsley Ben-Adir at, at number seven and Tahar Rahimi From at number eight. Martini? I don't think either Martian? of us have seen. Yeah, I don't think either of us have seen the Mart- Martinian yet. No, I'm gonna have to rent that and News of the World yeah. before the Oscars. Yeah, 1999. So let's get into the best supporting actor, the last of the acting categories. A uh, few really interesting performances here, and then some that are are good, but I don't think really are contending for our top five. Let's shout out a few of the performances that we liked that aren't ultimately going to make it. I think Dan Levy from Happiest Season talking about, you know, comedic performances that maybe don't get the respect that they're due, but he is such like a a fun presence in that movie. And I think whenever he's involved in a scene, you kind of like sit up a little bit more in your chair. So I wanted to shout him out as uh, maybe my favorite part of the Happiest Season. Also in comedies, Bill Burr. I thought Bill Burr gave an excellent performance in The King of Staten Island. I think he's shown that he's a a solid actor through some of his work on other shows. You know, he's uh, obviously a part of The Mandalorian. I really liked him on Breaking Bad. But he's shown that he has a more dynamic range than I think we normally uh, think that comedy actors are capable of. So I liked him there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you had mentioned earlier Steve Toussaint from Small Axe, Red, White, and Blue, which you know ultimately is not going to be eligible for Oscars, but we really liked him opposite John Boyega in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Mendelsohn in Baby Teeth. I think Baby Teeth is like a, a solid indie movie with uh, some 
good performances, but I, I particularly liked how he's balancing all the different obligations and, and emotions he has in that film. Uh, very good mm-hmm. there. Uh, another one that you were talking about earlier is Michael Stilbarg and Shirley. Ooh, I mean, yeah, I think he would crack my top five. Um, but I'm also saying oh, here that I we know can leave him around. If you if you don't mind. Nah, let's keep Michael Stilbarg in there. But everybody else, you're okay All with right. leaving out so far. Yeah, so far. All right. Richard Jenkins in Kajillionaire, another guy who is giving you like a really full character. There's a lot of big choices in this movie that I really respect. And Richard Jenkins is kind of one of my favorite character actors working. But it's just a a kind of cool offbeat performance from him. Very funny in certain parts. Very creepy in others. I liked him a lot. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I would add him on top of that. Uh, I, I know we can't include him for one of the roles, but Jesse Plemons and Judas and the Black Messiah, I thought yeah. did a great job. Yeah, we, uh, we wanted to shout him uh, out uh, in this section because he, he feels maybe he's like a little more supporting for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yeah, and he would personally be in my top five if we had included that for supporting, but I know that the Oscars aren't putting him there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they're campaigning, campaigning him as lead. Personally, he would have made it. He would have made my best supporting uh, mm-hmm. if that's how we were including it. So I guess we may still be discussing him a little bit. Personally, I have one of them that's going to make it into my top five easily, but I would include the other three. Uh, I know one of them is lead. The gentleman from One Night in Miami. I think Aldous Hodges is worthy of yeah. uh, you know maybe not getting a mention in the top five, but nonetheless still being an honorable one. Uh, yeah. As well as, I know you really like Eli Gorey. Mm-hmm. I like Eli Gorey a lot. I think uh, you have mine. But- I think we're, we're, yeah, I think he's ultimately, we can keep him out of the top five because there is one performance that maybe stands out from the supporting actors in One Night in Miami. Let me, let me give you one though. Bill Murray on the rocks was a yeah, fun performance. Really fun performance. <laughs> I'm not saying he's basically he's just like Bill Murray, but one. he's just Bill Murray. He's just having a good time with it. Yeah, I guess that's it. I feel like this, yeah. I don't want to call it the weakest category, it definitely feels a little bit thinner than some of the other categories. I feel like uh, lead is definitely where the meat is this year in the Oscars. Sometimes it feels like there's a lot of great supporting performances or a lot of great supporting female performances. But uh, this year definitely feels like supporting performances are thinner than leads. A couple more that we yeah. wanted to mention maybe in the honorable mentions part of it. I think that Chadwick Boseman in Five Bloods is ultimately on my honorables, partly because... I don't think wow. he's the best supporting okay. performance in The Five Bloods. I actually think Clark Peters is the supporting performance that really sticks with me from that movie. What What's interesting is that obviously there's, you know, the unfortunate, tragic pass, early passing of Chadwick Boseman has put him into the Oscar spotlight. And if you look at, like, the Hollywood Critics Association, when they did their mid-year awards, they had... Clark Peters and Jonathan Majors were nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and now they did their end-of-year awards. Neither of them were nominated, but Chadwick Boseman was. So, like, some of this Oscars... Ooh, hey, Zach, talk about that! Okay. I mean, some of this Oscars love is just love for Chadwick Boseman, which I get. Like, I love Chadwick Boseman, too. I don't think this is one of his best performances it's good but it's a little bit one note he's just kind of this like beacon of of hope for for these guys and and part of what's Mm -hmm. interesting about the movie is how it kind of uses him almost as like a symbol more than like a character if that makes sense it 
does. Thank you. You know, it's interesting because uh, I think a lot of people are feeling that uh, when it comes to uh, him possibly getting nominated, winning um, for lead when it comes to Ma Rainey. Mm -hmm. And uh, that actually delivers. Yeah, Ma Rainey is actually an excellent performance. Like there's actually some serendipity there in the timing. I this would and be you know a that little people bit going to be dipping into it. This actually applies to that type of argument. Yeah. This is one where, I mean, you, you said it perfectly. People literally had nominated two of the other actors and then switched it up later on. And it, it does, it falls into that. Um, so yes, I am still adamantly defending his role <laughs> as lead. Again, it surprised mm-hmm. me. I didn't even think it was going to be lead delivered more than I thought it would. I agree with you on, on his uh, supporting role in the five bloods. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly. He is more of a symbol than he is the character which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, it serves it's the perfect movie well. for that Let's talk movie. about the performances that you wanted. It, well, I mean, I, I like Clark Peters a lot in that movie. I, I don't have him in my top five. I got him in my top ten. I think Clark is is really mm-hmm. excellent and uh, elicits a lot of empathy as kind of one of the more uh, he he's caught in between the conflict a lot. So I liked him. I like Jonathan Majors too, but. Yeah, n- none of them from t- Five Bloods are making supporting actor for me because I got Delroy mm-hmm. as, as the standout from all of them in lead. Uh, another one where there's a bunch of, I think, solid supporting performances, but none of them are in my top five, even if some of them might be in the Oscars top five, is uh, The Trial of Chicago 7, which I know is a movie that we've talked about a little bit. Maybe a movie we're going to have to talk about a little bit more because like, while I like elements of that movie, I, I like it as kind of a forgotten part of Sorkin's catalog, not the thing that might win him an Oscar for best writing or something. Uh, not the, not his first, but I, I, I like Mark that. Rylance in this movie. I like Sasha Baron Cohen in this movie. I really like Yahya Abdul-Mateen in this movie. None of them are best supporting actor worthy for me. No, <laughs> none are for me. None. That's all I have to say. Yeah, none. I think we can agree, though, what that uh, Eddie Redmayne is definitely not on this list. My top five. All right. So I have in the number five slot, Brian Dennehy from Driveways. I think Dennehy is giving a great performance in that movie, just like full of full of underlying pain and, and hope. And I don't know. It, there's so much. He he's holding onto in that movie, and that last monologue just okay. breaks me every time I've watched that movie. Uh, Orion Lee in First Cow. I agree with you. Absolutely, I know not a lot of delightful people will. performance. Yeah, just just an actual supporting <laughs> an actual supporting performance. Crafts are really. Uh, solid character. You kind of feel like you know the guy from the way that he talks, and some of that's from the script, mm. but a lot of it is from how Orion carries her- himself in the performance. You know, I-, I-, I thought he was one of the best parts of that movie, so I, I got Orion Lee at number four. Number three, I got Paul Ritchie from Sound of Metal, who is very mm-hmm. excellent opposite uh, Riz Ahmed in terms of the way he's able to navigate the the emotion of these scenes and act Easily. as the sort of mediator, balancing the different elements of that performance, I, I liked him a lot. He he he's such a warm presence in that movie. Uh, number two, I got Leslie Odom Jr. The standout from One Night in Miami. You know, he's got that amazing scene where he's uh, where that the, is absolutely fantastic. Where the mics go out at the concert, and that's. So much of that is in how Leslie Odom delivers that moment that 
makes it such a magical part of the film. He's so, so good in the movie. I, I liked him a lot. And he's the one who's sparring with with uh, with with Kingsley's character. That's what's getting him all this push to be even the the main lead. Uh, you know, one of the discussions we had had prior to this and we've been having is kind of just like with small acts, with them not realizing whether it's TV, whether it's movies, whether it's a series, and them doing everything to like label the the. Uh, what, what small acts is as opposed to what the director says I have felt the equivalent with the awards push for these four men who Regina sees all as being supporting yeah. but you have to play the game and now Kingsley is considered the lead but I see them all as supporting that is not a bad thing that showcases what the movie is trying to tell you he is the one who goes at it with Kingsley mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that, I thought he absolutely killed it and yet he's number two because that number one is who it's Daniel Kaluuya. It's got to be Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Just such a electric, dynamic performance. You cannot look away whenever he's on screen in Judas and the Black Messiah. It's incredible. I was scared uh, now that we've uh, discussed our top five actors. For a second, I thought, damn it, is he a lead? It's all done. It's all... <laughs> I had to like dismantle the entire right. uh, chart that I had. He's supporting... And it's his to lose. I, I, I don't see it any other mm-hmm. way. And, you know, there are critiques of that movie and of his presence in that movie, particularly that he is much older than Fred Hampton was. But I don't think any of those critiques really take away from what is just an incredible bit of acting from Kaluuya. You know, any any faults in the movie for having cast somebody who's not of appropriate age, Kaluuya is able to mitigate with how how much he's able to communicate in that performance. And and mm-hmm. I think ultimately, while I understand a lot of the arguments about age difference in some roles, the reason that some performances or some productions at least cast an actor who's not necessarily of the right age is because that actor is the one who is able to get across the essence most accurately. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about this performance from Kulia in, in Judas and the Black Messiah. Agree. So Oscars do seem to be in agreement with us, at least according to Gold Derby's list. They have Daniel Kaluuya at number one. They've got Sasha Baron Cohen, oddly, at number two. I don't get it. Don't get it. Leslie Odom Jr. is at number three. Paul Ritchie is at number four. And they got Chadwick Boseman from The Five Bloods at number five. They've also got Mark Rylance, Jared Leto from The Little Things, Bill Murray from All the Rocks, and Stanley Tucci from Supernova on the outskirts okay. of that supporting actor category, let's say that we're only choosing from the nine on Gold Derby's list. We've definitely de- got Daniel Kaluuya. We've definitely got Leslie Odom Jr. We've definitely got Paul Ritchie. Do you have... And Chadwick. It's Chadwick. From this list... I think Chadwick's going to get the double now. From, yeah. well, from our list, too, I would say it's Chadwick. But of these performances, I don't know. Is it Mark Rylance or is it Bill Murray? I mean, I feel like it's Mark... But would they give? Damn, bro. I don't want to see two Trial of the Chicago 7 nominations yeah. in one category. That, but probably, I mean, Mark won it, what, three years ago uh, as well? Yeah. So there is a, a big possibility that they're going to uh, vote for him again. I don't see Jared Leto. I feel like Jared Leto just happened for the Globes. Um, and I don't see Bill Murray getting a Me nomination, either. as funny as I think it is. <laughs> and, and I don't mind it. I don't think he should. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Probably Mark yeah. Rylance. Maybe Stanley Tucci. Maybe. 
I think he's lead, but maybe Stanley too. I skipped over. I completely skipped over the part where we decide what our top five is. But I think we are in agreement about Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., and Paul Ricci. We also have Orion Lee in both of our top fives. Yes. Okay, so we then do. we got to figure out and? that that fifth part. Is it Eli Gore? Is it Brian Dennehy? Is it Michael Stolbarg? Is it somebody else? Who do you got? Um, I wanted it to be Plemons from. I'm only. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things, but I think if they're going to consider him lead. Maybe he doesn't count here. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Stolberg. I think Stolberg did a fantastic job in that movie. Um, but you had mentioned somebody else, I believe. Who else did you have? I had Brian Dennehy. Oh, from Driveways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, hey, w- w- give me your argument for any of those three. Who should fill the spot? I mean, I would personally go with Brian Dennehy. Partially, you know, maybe this is too much of an Oscaries move, but it is a post-mortem performance. One of the last Brian Dennehy performances. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. it also is interesting that it is That's so much one, about way, yeah. a man looking back at his life and, and the, the you know, coincidence of that it makes it feel that much more poignant. I do really like his performance, though. I think it, it's just th- there's so much he's carrying with him in that performance mm-hmm. that is unspoken but felt in the movie that, uh, I don't know, it just stuck with me, really did. But I also really That's like right. Michael Stolberg. I do as well, but I, I'm i willing to show some Driveways love yeah. here when we look back. I think Driveways is a movie that you and I have been thinking about a lot. Uh, it doesn't escape our minds, and I'm good with that being a spot. Yeah, and I think that's cool, too, because if you look at our list, you know, we've got one nomination for Driveways with Dennehy, one nomination for First Cow with Orion Ali. We've got that one nomination well, we for, um, what is it? Um and we got the one nomination for The Nest because Carrie Coon makes our top five. One for Black Bear because Aubrey Plaza's in it too. Oh, it's fun to fantastic. kind of give all these different movies love instead of what the Oscars sometimes do, which is bunch all the nominations around 10 or 15 movies. Yeah. And like this isn't, again, you could argue, oh, well, this is just trying to get the most variety. So you're just picking different ones. Not necessarily. Yeah. I'd argue that many times the campaigns work so well that that's why you see two nominations for trial or you know you're seeing a bunch of nominations for mank as much as i love the movie you know it's like they're just going with what they know and many times variety proves that you're catching all of these different movies that you're seeing all the different performances and what they bring to the table but yeah yeah pretty solid year it's a pretty solid year there's a lot of great performances from a lot of great (laughs) movies I'm excited to see what other people think are the best performances from 2020 because uh, there's so, so many good ones, so many that we left off of our lists that are are definitely worthy of consideration, too. Do you want to really quickly to wrap this up? Let's talk about uh, maybe the best director, according to Gold Derby. (laughs) I don't know if we got time to run through all the movies that we thought were good, but at least according to Gold Derby, they have Chloe Zhao David Fincher, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, David Fincher for Mank, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of Chicago 7, Lee Isaac Chung no. for Minari, and Emerald yes. Fennel for Promising Young Woman in their top five. Decent. And rounding out the potential nominees in the other uh, the other people who have less than 100 to 1 odds, according to the Gold Derby, they got Regina King for One Night in Miami, Spike Lee for The Five Bloods, Florian Zeller for The Father, and Paul it's very Greengrass good. for News of the World. Art, what do you think about Gold Derby's top five? And do you think any of those four should maybe jump ahead of them? 
I know we're not doing a whole list. I would have also thrown Darius Martyr for Sound of Metal. I would have also thrown Kelly Reichardt for First Cow. But out of those top five, it is Chloe's to lose. Yeah, uh, I think I'm hoping that the Oscars continue their tradition of splitting Best Director and Best Picture between two different movies because I think sometimes that lets you award different aspects of different movies. And there's a lot to really love about Nomadland. I, I do like I do like a lot of that movie. I like it more than you, as we've established. But mm-hmm. I, I think awarding Chloe Zhao, because it's so much her vision, the fact that she it's, wrote it, directed it, shot it, edited it, 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 it feels like her movies feel. It's a good way to award her for the merits of that movie, while maybe also awarding another film that has other aspects that are good about it. So Damn, I would bro. be happy to see Me Chloe Zhao. best picture? <laughs> Chloe's out direct. Oh, my God. I would be very happy to see Chloe Zhao uh, take home Best Director among this field. Personally, I would like Lee Isaac Chung to take it from this field, at least, just because I, I definitely I really want to see a nomination. what Minari is doing. And I, I think mm-hmm. that kind of filmmaking is sometimes underrated. And in a, in a year where we are getting maybe more of attention on smaller movies, it's the exact kind of Best Director win that would be good. But Nomadland is also an argument in that favor, uh, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're, would you pick Emerald over Regina? I as they're fighting right there, five and six. I would probably put. Hmm, it's tough. I would put both of them over Aaron Sorkin if we're just talking about fixing oh, this yeah, category. Yeah. I was going to answer. I was saying I'd take Aaron out and have both of them in yeah. there. But then I guess the next thing I would bring you then is I'd pick Kelly Reichardt over both. That that too. That too. Um, but I know that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. And I love these other mm-hmm. two. Kelly Reichardt would have won it uh, between them. Or she would have... Hmm, Kelly Reichardt versus... Lee Isaac Chung? Chloe Zhao. Chloe no, versus Chloe, though. I, I still think it's Chloe's to lose, but yeah, damn, that would have been a good one to see. Yeah, there. definitely. It's going to be stacked, It's going to be stacked. It's going to be interesting. We're, we're going to have to talk about this a little bit more once the nominations are actually out, I believe, on March 15th. So Not too a far. lot to look forward to. Not too far. But I think that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at ZShevich. That's Z-S-H-E-V as in Vanessa Kirby, I-C-H. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me at LME. Uh, I was going to say streams. Well, I guess you can find me there on that YouTube channel or the regular LME channels. We start to boost back uh, a bunch of the uploads that we may have lost and new things that we want to get out there. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Letterboxd. Find me every week here on the you Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, mm-hmm. whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're listening not just to the audio podcast, but watching the video feed on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment find new episodes of intercut every friday and please leave us a comment like the video and consider heading over to itunes to give us a five-star review shout out to our listeners in portugal and nigeria for putting us on the tv and film podcast charts out there appreciate our facebook instagram and twitter pages all of them are at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from art from me, from all of our guests here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, hashtag let Zach see the father. Come on, please. One day. <laughs>